Evan Knappen, and you're listening to Gun Lawyer. Well, you know, it's been exciting, of course, watching and listening to the Supreme Court arguments on this very, very important case, which it sure appears we're going to win. It's just a question of degree. Of course, you never want to count your chickens for their hatch, but I think we're fair enough here to say uh, that it looks good for us. And we've discussed the Supreme Court case and its potential impact and uh, its ramifications and all seriousness. And uh, there's been a lot of saturation of that episode of Supreme Court history. And so I don't really want to get into that today. I want to have some fun. And you know what it is? It's hunting season. That's right. I want to tell you some interesting hunting stories. And they, uh, they're, they're stories that are pretty uh, uh, dear to me. And I, I love to get out and hunt. And I've been an a hunter for my you know, whole life and target shooter and gun collector and completely immersed in gun culture. But I've always found that my favorite type of hunting is hunting for at least a dangerous game, at least game that has some danger, although it is true that, uh, you know, anything out there can, can harm you. I mean, there's a famous, uh, one of the stories in Chapstick's uh, Death in the Long Grass book where he talks about finding a, a dead African that had a little brush buck, I mean a small little brush buck that had jabbed him with the antlers in the stomach and they were both dead uh, from that little brush buck. So they're just a little brush buck. As you said, they, they all can kill you. But I'm talking about kind of known quantities of a little more dangerous game and and uh, the two hunts I want to tell you about that I think you'll get a kick out of is first about a boar hunt that I went on where I hunted a, a wild boar with just a knife and then the other hunt uh, one of uh, a number of bear hunts that I went on but this was a bear hunt where the bear actually uh, charged me in the blind so let's start off here with the wild boar hunt so for this knife hunt, which is very exciting and it's very different if you've ever hunted with a knife. Uh, hunting and taking game with a knife is a very up-close and personal experience. Uh, it definitely gets a great adrenaline surge going. And uh, it's interesting how the hunt is done. So this was down in South Carolina, really the deep part of South Carolina, and uh, it was a great lodge down there that was known for knife hunting of wild boar. And being a knife aficionado, I chose my weapon of choice, which was a Randall Model 2. Uh, the Model 2 is a double-edged stiletto, technically, is what Randall refers to it as, a fighting stiletto. But, uh, you know, when you look at the laws on stilettos, particularly in Jersey, it says uh, that they're prohibited unless you have a lawful purpose for it. And here I do because I'm hunting with it and I can document my hunting with this uh, double-edged knife. So it's an 8-inch Model 2 and it's got a nice black micarta handle and nickel-silver 
uh, guard and butt cap, and it's really balanced and sweet. And I go down there with that, and it's quite an adventure. Because first of all, when I get down to South Carolina, I'm, you know, it's a whole different culture, of course, for some Yankee like myself, not used to it. And the guides and folks were real nice. We get down there with some other friends. We get down there on a on Friday night. We're going to hunt on Saturday. And the guys there uh, said, okay, it's Friday night. Uh, what do you want to do tonight? And I figured, well, I'm just going to go to sleep and get up tomorrow and hunt. But they said to me, look, we got you got two choices. Uh, yeah, listen, man, we got two choices, they're telling me. They say we can go to the Klan meeting or we can go to the dirt track. And I'm thinking, what? And I said, well, I don't think I want to go to the Klan meeting because uh, that's all. Most of them are, I'm sure, in the FBI, so I don't want to go there. But uh, I, I said, well, how about we do the dirt track? Now, I was hopeful that they were just kidding around with this Yankee. They probably were. But anyway, we went to the dirt track. Now, let me tell you, I didn't know what a dirt track was. And, man, I learned it was pretty interesting. It's these, uh, these like, four-wheel drive trucks and such that race around in this dirt and mud. It's very exciting and fun, and I'm kind of enjoying that whole dirt track scene. It was great. But what I didn't realize is the next morning when we're going out on the, for the, for the wild, wild boars that we actually ride in one of those dirt track. I was like, what? So we get in that because the hounds are let loose to find the, find the wild boar, and they're running and sniffing and doing their thing, and we are ripping through the woods. So I'm thinking, you know, it might be dangerous hunting wild boar, but I'm hopeful to survive the ride. And we are ripping, and I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I'm with these guys because if they just left me wherever the hell we were, I'd still be there. I have no clue where we ended up. We're ripping through here and there and shooting up this hill, and I'm hanging on for dear life. And, man, what a ride. But anyway, we end up where the hounds themselves have gotten a pig bayed okay the wild boar is bayed about so over 400 pounds and the hounds have them and these are hounds that have great pedigrees going back to even like you know daniel boone time you know really great they could and and once the hounds were on them the, you know they're keeping their distance and all and i like okay man we're gonna go in and they and what and the, what you do is you work with the dogs to do the knife hunt and the hounds like I said, I had to had to pick bait so they couldn't go anywhere. But he was still charging and coming back and charging, and the, and the hounds are coming in and backing up. Hounds are coming in and backing up. And what they have is what is called a, a catch dog. The dog that is a catch dog is like a uh, American bulldog or pit bull, has very strong jaws, and they'll let that dog go that will bite the pig's ear. So you got about a sixty pound. 50 to 60 pound dog on the pig's ear. The pig's about 400 plus pounds. And then you and the dog get to take the boar out and you use the knife to do it. So this is going to be very exciting. And they haven't released the catch dog yet because the hounds just haven't bayed. And immediately I see one of the hounds came in too close and this boar hooked its uh, tooth on the underbeller of the hound and split the hound up the middle, like unzipped him like he was wearing a coat. So the guys came in and they got this hound out who's now split up the middle. 
And I'm like, oh, my God, look at that. And that pig, razor sharp, his razor teeth, just razored it right up the middle. And immediately in the field, these guys are stitching back the dog in the field. And I'm actually holding the dog up and helping them. And the other hounds still have the pig bait and all hell's breaking loose. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, this bloody split dog. And, and then it's like, okay, now it's your turn to go in. Great. Boy, I was really psyched up at that point. Let me tell you, I'm going in with this. And they release the catch dog. And, man, that catch dog is fearless. Goes right for the pig. You know, it's like a guided muscle is what you call it. Instead of a guided muscle. All muscle. Gets on the pig's ear. Now, at that point, you come in with your knife. And the idea is kind of keep the dog between you and the boar's head and get around to the side, and then there's a sweet spot on the boar because the boar has this super strong shield, a very tough shield over his shoulder, and penetrating that can be extremely difficult. But right past the shield in the sweet spot, you can push in the knife, and it goes in fairly easily, I got to say, and then you got to twist it, and when you do that, you learn the meaning of bleeding like a stuck pig. Oh, my God. It just explodes, and you stay there until the pig goes down, and it goes down very quickly. And And then uh, getting the dog off the pig's ear is still a challenge. The dog still doesn't want to let go, even when the pig's down, which is actually good. But you could go in there, and you know, if that dog let go or if uh, the ear were to rip or something, it can get really hairy. Uh, but luckily, none of that happened. It was uh, successful. And I got to tell you, some of the best, most delicious wild game meat is uh, wild boar. Oh, boy, was that good. So, of course, we uh, brought home some great uh, wild boar meat, and it was really exciting. And it is a whole other experience to uh, knife hunt and hunt like that down south. And it was it was really fun. And also, uh, I learned about uh, boiled peanuts. Boy, I love boiled peanuts. Those are so good. Every place down there, oh, look, you can buy them. Any- oh, great. Good luck trying to buy boiled peanuts in the in the north. I don't know. It hasn't catched on or whatever. You can't get them up here. But I would uh, highly recommend, if you want an exciting time, try knife hunting a boar. It'll definitely... Uh, get excited doing that I can assure you I also had a 44 magnum on me and a shoulder rig kind of had a balanced shoulder rig where I had the knife on one side and the 44 629 on the other because uh, I figured worst case if something would really go bad and the other thing I would highly recommend and I was glad I had it are snake chaps I couldn't believe how many snakes were down there oh my god there was tons and tons of snakes so, you know, we were in the snake chaps. Plus, if the boar charges you, um, the they'll cut you in your legs. That's an area where it can be uh, particularly vulnerable. So the snake chaps can protect you from uh, the snake bite as well as getting sliced by the pig. And, you know, I, after we got them and we did pictures and stuff, and I'm looking at the uh, teeth and I'm like, Wow, every time I've seen wild boar teeth, they're 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 white. And these teeth were 
black, you know, dark. And like, well, yeah, that's because they're constantly rooting around and they're getting their teeth in there, you know, for the, for the pictures that they actually will clean the teeth, you know, so it'll show the teeth better. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're so dirty and dark and everything that, you know, if you get cut, you really have potential for some pretty bad infection. And, uh, you know, we were watching some videos of some other hunts and there was a bow hunter who shot the pig and they're pretty smart. And he got shot with the arrow and he charged a bow hunter and sliced him right on the inside of the leg. No problem. So uh, remember, if you're bow hunting, you're not using the dog. So there's nothing holding that boar back. And uh, it was um, quite an adventure. So that is the famous boar hunt. And... Uh, one day I think I'll go back and do it again it's a lot of fun when we come back I'm going to tell you about the bear that tried to kill me and uh, I'll tell you another story too <laughs> that'll be pretty funny for over 30 years attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people that's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners a fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. All right, folks. Hey, thanks for hanging in there so you can listen to another tale of, of hunting and um, I'll tell you about my famous bear hunt story. Before I do that, just want to thank you all for listening and remind you to subscribe and tell your friends to subscribe. We're really building this up wonderfully. I'm so happy you're able to get the voice out there so I can't get algorithmed and shadow banned and put in you know, social media jail and everything. Oh, God, all the stuff they're trying to do to shut us down. So this is our voice, and I really love being able to talk to you so make sure you subscribe and keep on listening so before i tell you my bear hunt story i want to tell you about the dog named lawyer this is also about hunting but see this takes place with these two guys they like to go hunting at least once a year they get out and they go bird hunting and they go to this place and the place where they go bird hunting they they, they go to rent rent a dog and uh, they go to the kennel to rent a bird dog. And the guy there says, okay, can I have any any dog over here? It was $10 for the day. 
except the dog on the end. That dog's name is Lawyer, and Lawyer is $100 a day. And the guy's like, what do you mean, $100 a day? Why? why so? Oh, lawyers are, are best, just the best. You, you know, that's why he's so expensive. And like, well, we we only get out like once a year, so we'll, we'll pay the 100 let, let, We want to go try lawyer dog. So they go out bird hunting with lawyer dog. And man, the dog just is fantastic. You know, he points. He Everyone gets their bag limit. The dog is just top of the line, fantastic. They come back and say, look, man, we're going to be back. We're going to be back for lawyer dog next year. He was just the best. Uh, you were right, worth every penny. So next year rolls around, the guys come, they're like, hey, we're here for lawyer dog, we're here for lawyer dog. They're like, well, you, you, we got lawyer dog, but he's, he's, he's now $300 a day. 300 He was 100 Yeah, but he's he's even better. They go, how can he be better? He was the best at Oh, he's even better. Well, you know what? We can't resist because we've been looking forward to going out lawyer dog again. He was so great. So they pay the $300. They take, they take lawyer dog out and they're in the field and man they have never experienced anything like it not only is the dog doing great and they're getting their limit and everything he actually like he actually cleans the bird for him i mean it's amazing dresses out the bird no dog is there they were just astounded with the skill and training and amazing experience of lawyer dog so they're like this dog is just miraculous so they're like hey we'll see you next year so next year rolls around, they come back, they're like, all right, we're here again, we're here for lawyer dog. And uh, owner says, oh, no, 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 look, lawyer dog, uh, he's only a dollar a day these days. What do you mean a dollar a day? He's the best. What, well, we had a little problem, we had a little accident. What do you mean, what happened? He said, well, I'll tell you, a couple guys took him out in the field, and one of them accidentally called him your honor, and now all the dog does is sit on his ass and bark. So there you go. That's the inside story on Lawyer Dog. And and I'll tell you what. I've told that joke to judges, and they, they love it the most. They just laugh and laugh, so it's a good one. But what I'm going to tell you next is not a joke. It's actually a story about a time I went uh, bear hunting in Canada, and uh, it I, I went hunting a number many times in Canada, bear hunting. It was wonderful. We'd go up to a great lodge. It's no longer... They are doing hunting, but it was fantastic and had many great memories. But one year, I go up there, and they said, hey, you know, we got some new spots. It's up uh, in uh, Deep River, up near Petawawa, way up there, Ontario, right on the Ottawa, across the way there is Quebec, and it's really beautiful country, just lovely and chock full of bears. And we're up there, and they have, you know, you shoot, it's over bait, and it's really, they got... At super active spots, and like, okay, we got this new place. They said no one's. We haven't hunted before, but it's on the swampy kind of swamp area. But it looks really promising. So uh, a number of guys would come up to this lodge. It was really great. We had about twenty five hunters, and they had like twenty five thousand acres, and they drive everybody out to the spots. And you'd go to the to your blinds or your tree stands or whatever. And so uh, get me out there, and uh, it's nice. And I'm and, and what I'm deciding this time is I'm going to use a crossbow, so that would be fun and different, you know. But uh, I'll just use a crossbow. And I, you know, we started the first day, and I was out with the crossbow, and I had a I had my I had a backup gun, I had a Marlin forty five seventy guide gun as backup, but I was going to use a crossbow, and 
and uh, sat the first day and didn't see anything. Nothing came in. But that first opening day, about half the guys got bears. Except I didn't get any. But the next day in the morning, um, everyone, you know, they're they're skinning out the bears and the guides there are doing a great job and everyone's having a grand old time. And unfortunately, my sight on my crossbow, the batteries had gone south and because I had been practicing and using it and I didn't have spares. So I needed to get into town to get a new get new batteries for this for the site and it ended up that um I never made it to town because we're just having so much fun in the morning time there with uh, all the stories and bears and everything and that's part of the fun of it is all the camaraderie of course and it's great so being that I didn't get a chance to go I said you know what I'll just sit in my blind today with my Marlin guide gun and then I'll get to town and I'll get the batteries and go back to the crossbow so now it's the second day, and let me tell you, I'm at a pretty close ground blind, about 35 yards to the bait, which is close, but it's an archery set. So, And I prefer to be in a ground blind because I find that I rarely fall off the ground. So uh, that's why I don't go on tree stands. So I'm in my ground blind, and it was fine and it's kind of on a little rise I'm on the top of the rise and I kind of had the shooting tunnel going down you know a cut down to the bait but to the left is all kinds of woods it's like a clearing then woods about maybe 20 yards in and it's all the woods and then the woods cut back and about and around so I'm there and I'm in a full rhino bug suit and camo bug suit and all and I'm behind this uh a ground blind with some, you know, smaller logs and trees and sticks and such for concealment. And I'm there, and I'll tell you what, it is really buggy. And I, even through the rhino skin, I'm getting bit. And, you know, that was kind of annoying. There's really a lot of bug bites going on. But that's part of it. You know, and I'm sitting there, and suddenly I hear this ridiculously loud crunching. I mean like crunch, 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 like like some, I'm thinking some anti-hunting, some bunny hugger jerk is gonna walk through this here just to interrupt a hunt. And I'm thinking in Jersey mode here, right? But now I'm in the middle of the Petawawa and I'm like, wait, you know, who, who would actually even find this and do that? But it, why was it so, crunchy loud and it's just ridiculous and I'm looking I don't see anything suddenly the woods slightly to the left just explode and this bear charges right up the rise comes right at me right at the at the blind and he's coming kind of up the hill and I'm like barely able to react and I'm just standing up from my chair and my rifle's in my hand. I can't even get up to my shoulder. And the bear is right there in front of me, up on his hind legs, right in front of me. And I'm right, right across from him. I'm literally, you know, feeling his breath. And just in an instant, I just pull the trigger, bang, from the hip. And I'll tell you what. I didn't know whether I hit him, what happened. Next thing I know, he's rolling down the hill. I'm trying to lever another round into the chamber. I hear the, you know, he just, I'm like, 
rolling away and into the wood. And then I'm saying, oh, my God, I can't believe that. There's blood on me that back sprayed from him on my gun, on me. That's how close this bear was that hit me with this. And I'm just, you know, needless to say, major adrenaline dump and everything's nutty. And I'm listening, and I hear two what they call death moans, because that's what bears will do. But I wasn't sure if those are death moans or I'm really pissed off moans. And I decide, you know what? I'm going back up the hill because I could go back up and I'm going to go try to contact or climb this high rock and just get cell service to call in to the guy to come and get me because of the pedawai. I could just catch a little bit of signal there. So I'm going back up the hill and... You know, the gun's, of course, ready to go, and I'm walking, and this chipmunk shoots under the leaves in front of me. I almost blew him away with a forty-five seventy. I'm so hyper. I get up to the top. I call in. The guy comes down. He's like, what? You know, you got your bag? I go, I think so, but I can't believe you. He goes, well, let's track him. Let's, I go, well, all right. I bring him right to the blind. I go, this is where he was. He charged and right here. To the blind, I go, you look. And he goes, oh, my God, look at this blood here. Is this, he saw everything, right? I go, yeah, this is where it went down. He goes, oh, my God, I never started a track from the blind. I go, yeah, he went that away. You can go first, be my guest. So I'm behind him with my gun, and we just walk a little bit into the woods, and there he is, and it actually had hit him in a real good shot and took him out, and he was like uh, well over 600-pound uh the bear and um and i'll tell you man i it was literally a hip shot and and then suddenly i realized that all the time i spent fooling around hip shooting quote wasting ammo hip shooting you know uh, on the to the berm and all that came in very handy because it actually hit him and took him out and man that was one crazy hunt and then you know because it was the first kill on that stand the tradition was you got to name the stand because when others use it they'd say hey what's the name of this stand right where the first and so i had the honor i was able to name the stand and you know what i named the stand i named the stand shit stain after my underwear that's right so I'll tell you, and I have that bear in a full mount stuffed standing in my living room because that bear got the full mount, man. So I can look at that and say, some days the bear gets you and some days you get the bear. Thank God I got the bear that day. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.